When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. If the blowing up of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline was the gravest ecological act of terrorism in our lifetime, then the flooding caused by the blowing of the Kakova Dam is up there, certainly in the Premier League class of ecological environmental disasters. There are a lot of idiots around, but not as many as there used to be. Truthfully, there are far more people employed to try and fool the remaining idiots that are still abroad, but they are having less and less success. And you will see that from the result of the poll that we are running tonight, who blew up the Kharkova Dam? A, Russia, B, Ukraine. 25,000 people have already voted in this poll and I have only just begun the show. It's already the biggest poll we've ever run, and it's set to go higher yet. And the results are completely overwhelming, except on Twitter, where the NATO support base got busy all day trying to influence the outcome of this vote, which tells us something important. Because of that 25,000, only 7,000 were on Twitter. And 60% on that poll on Twitter blamed Russia. So that, by my reckoning, is fewer than 4,000 votes. So fewer than 4,000 people think it was Russia, or at least pretend to think it was Russia that blew up the dam. That means that more than 20,000 people in this poll so far, blame Ukraine. I'll return to the issue of information, misinformation, disinformation later in the show, because it is emerging as the most crucial battlefield of them all. So there are idiots, but there are fewer of them. And even some of the people you might think are idiots are actually on the payroll in one way or another. So, eat it up, losers. You have lost this poll in a landslide. Not that you'll know it, because most of you are AI. That's right, we'll be talking about bots and AI later in the show also. If you were to be stupid enough to believe that Russia blew up their own dam under their control, flooding their own battle lines, making possible an amphibious assault across what were just a day or two ago solid defensive lines. If you were stupid enough to believe that the Russians flooded their own people in territory that they control, put at risk a nuclear power plant 
in danger of meltdown because it's water-cooled. If you are stupid enough to believe that Russia deliberately cut off the water supply of their own people in Crimea, then you are truly stupid indeed. You may even be in Ward 5 in Broadmoor. Because to believe it, you'd have to believe that the Russians were systematically sabotaging, self-harming, suiciding their own people and their own assets. You'd have to believe that the Russians blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, except nobody believes that anymore. Most people believe Seymour Hersh, who will be a guest on this show quite soon, God willing, that the Americans blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Or you can believe the mainstream intelligence service mouthpieces like the New York Times and the Washington Post who say that America has concluded that Ukraine blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipelines, the gravest environmental act of terrorism in history, I remind you. The Americans say that Zelensky's regime did it. Who will hold them accountable if that is even true? What will be the price paid? We already know the price paid by the European gas consumer. We already know the price paid by European industry in the European unemployment lines. We already know that. But is anybody going to hold Zelensky to account for an act of terrorism, the second biggest act of terrorism, and arguably in the long term, an even more grave act of terrorism than 9-11 itself, the gravest act of terrorism in Europe ever perpetrated against civilian infrastructure. You'd have to believe that the Russians did that to themselves, and nobody now believes that. You'd have to believe that the Russians flew their own drone into their own Kremlin, into the residence of the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. But nobody any longer believes that. If you are still amongst those who believe that, you are truly an idiot. And if you previously believed it, but have now begun to doubt it, you need to ask yourself why you are regularly, systematically fooled by the next thing. The next thing that's twibbed on Twitter. The next thing that is force-fed to you by a mainstream media which has given up even pretending that it is other than a mouthpiece for its own regime and the alliance regimes of which they form part of a network. You'd have to believe that the Russians really are cannibalizing washing machines for military spare parts. You'd have to believe that a woman leant out of a window in Kiev and really did throw a tin of tomatoes at a Russian drone and destroy it in front of her eyes. You'd have to believe that the ghost of Kiev really was real. You'd have to believe that somebody in Bukha, in the Russian armed forces, decided to conduct a massacre amongst Russian-supporting people wearing white armbands to signify their support for Russian-speaking people. In other words, if you believe 
that Russia blew up the Kakova Dam. There's no hope for you. And you are here expelled from the hallowed halls of this global university. Now, as I said in the opener, the American Navy is sailing more ships around China than it is around its own coast. So is the British Navy. Not that our Navy is much to speak of these days. So is the navies of the European Union countries that were ordered by somebody called Joseph Borrell, who calls himself the foreign minister of the EU, although nobody ever elected him to any position in the European Union. He calls himself the foreign minister, and he has called on the members of the EU to send their navies to the South China Sea and the Taiwan Straits because he says that is freedom's frontier. This is a European Union that cannot even guard its own coasts. Britain, among them, doesn't even try to guard the English Channel, across which come scores of thousands of illegal immigrants by boat every year, quite unintercepted by the Royal Navy, because the Royal Navy is in the South China Sea. The Royal Navy is in the Straits of Taiwan. The Royal Navy is patrolling freedom's frontier in China. And the Americans had the gall to claim that a Chinese naval ship came too close to them when they were sailing a hair's breadth from China and 8,600 miles away from the United States of America itself. We'll be talking to the most famous European living in China since Marco Polo coming up in the show in the second hour on that. Now, AI is fast becoming one of the most important stories of them all. I decided to take a closer interest in it. It never really grabbed me much before. I didn't see a science fiction film from 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I saw in 1975, I think. I never saw one between then and until quite recently. It doesn't, as a subject, a genre, really interest me. But then I saw a report that a Ukrainian drone, which was told by its master, its controller, to abort its mission, turned tail and tried to attack its controller in a fury that it had not been permitted to carry on and kill Russians. As uh, Lindsey Graham said, the best money we ever spent. The drone thought so too. And so angry was it that it was told to turn back, that it did turn back and tried to stage a kamikaze hit on the person that had told it to turn back. That got me thinking that the wise legal eagle, the greatest wordsmith in the English language, at least on that side of the Atlantic Ocean, Lionel, was right. The AI contains within the greatest peril short of nuclear war to the development of human society. And I thought that we 
in the Open University of the Airwaves should take a deeper dive into it. Now I want to turn to a man that was once a friend of mine. His name is James Cleverly. He is the Foreign Secretary of the United Kingdom. And he said today that Russia had committed a war crime in the bombing of the Kakova Dam. This was followed, followed by the European Union Foreign Affairs spokespeople, one after another. Borrell, von der Leyen, and some agency that does their foreign affairs I had never heard of before, all in identical language. So much for Brexit. Huh? It was a carefully coordinated accusation, not only that Russia had committed this act, but that it was a war crime. And if Gordon Brown has his way, it'll be added to the charge sheet and the Interpol warrant they have already got out for the Russian President Vladimir Putin. But as I have already, I hope, persuaded you that only an idiot could believe that the bombing of the dam was a Russian operation, it follows, because although Mr. Cleverly is not most aptly named, he's far from being an idiot. It follows that Mr. Cleverly was lying. This is an important charge I'm making, James. You can, of course, issue suit for libel, if you please. I'm saying that James Cleverly, who is not an idiot, knows very well that Russia did not bomb that dam. And yet today he said they did, and that moreover, it constituted a war crime. If this is true, that he told a lie, it was a lie closely followed, shadowed by many other leaders of the Western world. Not all of them, not the build in Germany, for example, that ran a headline blaming Russia and then one hour later took the word Russia out of the headline. Not the French, who, together with other aspects of President Macron's foreign policy, is beginning to show more independence of mind than any of the other European Union uh, countries. But one after the other, Western leaders told a brazen lie. Why is that important? After all, most politicians, most of the time, are lying. You can tell that they're lying because their lips are moving. But they're not always lying in such concept, and they're not always lying about matters of such great moment. This means that we in the West are led by a conspiracy. We are led by a conspiracy of liars. We are led by a conspiracy of liars and killers who are ready to kill every last Ukrainian as long as they can keep the Russian war machine occupied and learn from it, sell weapons to their own side, and bring about the destruction of the European Union's own economy. This means we're led by criminals, not fools, but criminals who know the truth but tell the lies. This means we are led, 
by satanic forces who are ready to kill, who are ready to see significant numbers of people die for their lies. Now, this has been true before. It was obviously true in the Iraq war, but it has not been true on such a systematic, concerted basis as we are now experiencing. And the man who said it best said it to the largest television audience ever known just yesterday on Twitter. Tucker Carlson, if he'd still been on Fox News, and if he'd still been getting the audience he got there, which was the biggest audience on Fox News by a country mile, would have spoken it to 3.5 million people on an ordinary weekday. Instead, he spoke it on Elon Musk's Twitter without advertisements, not sponsored by Pfizer or Big Pharma or the military-industrial complex, not sponsored by any commercial entity. No advertisements, no fancy jingles, no graphics, just Tucker Carlson speaking directly to camera. He has now, I'm being tic-tac, been watched by in excess of 82 million people in just over 24 hours, a little less than 48 hours, to be precise. That's the future of television. Just as satellite meant the end for terrestrial television, just as cable news networks meant the end for most of the mainstream traditional television broadcast outfits, so directly online, like this, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Rumble, on Instagram, everywhere you can get it, is the future of television. Elon Musk paid a lot of money for Twitter, but he has repaid, at least in part, any debt that he had to the rest of us by putting Tucker Carlson in front of what will turn out to be, I hazard a guess, in excess of 100 million people. And he spoke some very important truths. So when you're finished watching the mother of all talk shows, if you have not yet done so, you have to watch Tucker Carlson on Twitter. But stay here meantime, because we've got some cracking guests and of course, your phone calls. Over the next one hour, stay tuned. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Angelo Giuliano is the greatest Italian in China since Marco Polo. I don't know if you'll be pleased with that comparison or not. I better find out quickly. Angelo, welcome back to the mother of all talk shows. Uh, thank you, George. Uh, what a comparison. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I was very inspired by just the idea of uh, going to a new land and experiencing. And, um, and I think it was, uh, for me, it was uh, just a mind-blowing experience, human experience in terms of uh, an approach to a new culture. Um, so an introspection into uh, my own culture, I had to go through the whole journey of uh, what actually the, the collective West should do is actually going back to its roots and just trying to understand itself. Uh, as Chinese say, they say, know yourself and know your enemy. Uh, the problem with uh, what we have in the collective West is that we still do not understand our own culture. We are actually in a process of deconstruction of Western society, deconstruction of the human being, the identity. Uh, we don't know are we a man or woman. Uh, we we don't know our own history, and at the same time, we want to go eight thousand miles across across the sea, and we want to fight China, which has a four thousand years of history, which has amazing results. She has a different culture, different approach. China, what China wants is just uh, live and let live. They're focusing China in itself is a whole, is a world in itself. China is not hegemonic. What the Western world doesn't know is that China, they, they did the, the Great Wall because they wanted to be, to be protected by invaders, not to invade. They're not interested in that because, because Chinese themselves are self-centered. So after so many years in China, you just realize that only Chinese can have a, an objective view on China because China is so complex. So we have problems of lenses and we want to shape the world in our own, in our own shape. We want to force upon the world. And what we saw recently in the last six months, nine months a year uh, since the special military operation, is that 75% uh, of the world was actually waiting for that. Russia was an, an inspiration for the rest of the world because that's the first country that really not only could stand up to the aggression of the West, this uh, imperialism, but had the means to do that. You know, They could not do to Putin what they did to, to Gaddafi, you know, what did they do to Gaddafi? They, they sodomized him, they killed him. Inhumane, a sitting president. Uh, to Saddam Hussein, the same. And they laughed about it. And they laughed. Sorry? They, they killed they, they, Saddam they Hussein and they killed Gaddafi and they laughed about it. 
So what an embarrassment. So so the, the what what the, the the rest of the world was doing was just waiting for the right time. Now you have putting the stand up, and guess what? The world is starting to trade in other currencies than the US dollar. Because keep in mind, ultimately, it's not about human rights. It's not about democracy. Ultimately, what we are touching here is the money. What uh, the goal used to say, the exorbitant privilege of the US dollar. So once the collective West loses that right to print endless US dollar to finance their wars, because you know, you can have a budget of $1 trillion a year because you have that privilege. So what is happening right now is that time is in favor on the side of the 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 global south and and all the countries that are actually behind Putin and and Xi Jinping, you know. And and the idea behind this is a multipolar world. It's not, it's about non-alignment. It's about live and let live, non-interference to into other other countries, uh, trying to have actually a more democratic world because because. It's, it's very funny. You have the collective West that wants to push. They say, we want democracy. Well, first of all, you know, uh, in, their, in their own societies, people don't believe in, demo- in their democracy. They know it's a joke. It's a joke. It's an illusion. We have a, an average of 30, 40% that actually believes in, you know, own institution. Well, guess what? You go to Russia, you have a president that has 80% of support. You go to China, uh, the the system, the CPC has ninety five percent of support, uh, and again, very important. This is this comes from institute Western institutes or pro Western institutes. You know, we I'm talking about Howard University Institute, MIT. So what is it? Is it is it the fact that you 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 can put a ballot? That makes you, that makes a system legitimate? No, absolutely not. Do you know why? Because we need to go at the root of the of the issue. It's the rules of the games. This is what the, the Yellow Vest did in, in France. They knew that it doesn't matter. The system is rigged. Why? Because the system was written by the elites, the globalist elites that control us. You control the rules of the game, you control the game. I can do it with you, George. Choose you know, any game, let me write the rules, no matter how much you trade, I will win because I will write the rules that, got, that are going to make me win ultimately. And this is why the Yellow Vest in, China, in France, they say, we are going to rewrite the constitution. And this is going to be a constitution written by the people. And we will have actually some system of direct democracy, same as we have in Switzerland, which is actually working very well. Because it's an educated uh, society, and you know they 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 have a civic c- conscious. You know they're not made. In, for example, in in my country in Switzerland, I mean, I, it's I'm quite quite proud of of, of the the system. But the system that actually works for for Swiss, you know, because because who they are, and at which stage exactly. they are, and their history, you know, because it's a it's a combined, you know, a, a political system. It's a combination of where are you at the the, uh, at your economic stage, your history, uh, your level of maturity, and, and so your on. culture, your culture. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as Bob it, Dylan says, uh, freedom, yeah. freedom just around the corner for you. But with truth so far away, what good will it do? 
we, what good has the so-called freedom to pick between uh, two cheeks of the same backside done for us in Britain uh, or for the Americans uh, in, in, in the United States? Uh, what good has it done? The proof of the pudding of a system is surely in the eating. And nobody much likes what they're eating in Britain or the United States today. Exactly. You said it right. Uh, you, you go to Chinese. Chinese, uh, for example, you, you talk about freedom and, and you know, they, they, live like, they open the big, I mean, they'd be like, what? yeah, well, freedom. I mean, can I eat freedom? You know, Chinese are into tangible stuff. They are realistic. And, you know, ultimately, I, I give you an example, George. Uh, you have money, you have all the freedoms you want. Uh, you know, ultimately it's that, right? You, you have money, you don't like the place where you live in, Absolutely. you have money, you leave. You can do so much when you have money. What does it do to you if you are homeless in the street of uh, Philadelphia? Uh, what do you do? You have freedom just maybe to breathe. You know, I mean, what, what's, you know, ultimately it's about... It's well, really you've about got freedom to breathe increasingly toxic uh, air. Um, the, yeah. There are things about China uh, that are quite startling. Uh, there are many things about China that are breathtakingly impressive. But I saw a story today, maybe you can shed some light on it. Uh, a chap was out strolling with hand in hand with a woman who was not his wife. And it appeared on Twitter just as, uh, as a picture of ordinary street life in China. But the man was then identified as a high-ranking Communist Party member and, uh, and business figure. And within hours, he'd been suspended uh, from the party uh, and the rest. Uh, I don't know uh, if it's only because he was holding hands with a young girl that was not his wife, uh, but it's the kind of story that make people in the West sit up and take notice. They think... This is uh, Big Brother gone mad. What do the Chinese think about it? Uh, it, I always, it always comes back to, uh, does the system need to please me or please the Chinese? Uh, I, I'm going to be rude here, but you know, I mean, sometimes I, who the F I am, George, to go to China and to let the Chinese people, no matter if I like it or not, does it matter? Chinese need to like the system and they have a system where actually people have a say in that system. You know what, you know what they do? I, I just, I'm just going to give you a, a, an example. Uh, they prevent the dissatisfaction of people. How do they do that? They do tens of thousands of surveys all year long just to check what the people want, what are, where the people are dissatisfied. In the West, you, you elect people on promise. They'll tell you what you want to hear. And the problems arise. People say, no, you, we saw it in France. 75% of the people do not want this, those reform of pensions. Well, you know, we're not going to listen. Why? Because, because you voted. You voted. Now I have the legitimate right of force. China is not the same. China, they listen to you. They need to be close to the, the society. And they need to deliver because guess what? 
if you if you promise you don't deliver or if you, if you don't do your homework or if you are corrupt and so on well we know we are going to go into the streets and believe me chinese are not that passive but if you deliver i, I want i want stability i want prosperity they you know it, it's in the, that's the culture you know they, they've been through civil wars it's been a very unstable society they have 40 years of an amazing in their history they've never lived that you know and they are regaining what they had lost its dignity because we humiliate we did a humiliation on chinese you know what they did in in hong kong you know there were third grade citizens in hong kong in hong kong you had areas of hong kong where chinese had not the right to go only white people had the right to go uh so so finally they are you know they're so happy and they're proud of their society and you know it's, who cares they what they look at the west but they're not going to the west and say well you should do it like like we do and so on no but do what you want so you you you're telling me about that system uh i i'm not familiar with that story but i i will tell you one thing uh when it comes to politicians and when it comes to white collar crime they go to jail and when they go to jail they go to jail I mean, they get hammered because they want to set examples. Now tell me in the collective West, when was the last time in, in the US you had politicians going to jail? They don't. They don't. They protect each other. And you know what they do? Because they, they control the legislative powers, they write the rules of the game and the laws to protect themselves. While the people, we should be writing the rule the, the rules of the game just to be protected from them and very often you see we have uh, we have we have problems with banks right because it's too big to fail and they have too much power right so we should write rules to put, be protected from them but we give them the right to write the rules you see how absurd is that so and we have legitimate co corruption in the west how do we call it in the west we call it lobbying but you know in china lobbying you lobbying is called corruption i mean they, they laugh at you what is it lobbying but in china we call it corruption you go to jail for that and big time big time but you see in china at least you know i mean this is why people they really respect the system because uh the the government listen to you and if you if there's corruption you they'll go to jail and you know they they say that uh, you don't have uh, freedom of protest and so on in china it's not china, china has you know it's a continent they have problems at the local level if people are unhappy they go into the street and they get very angry but you know there's a quick reaction because the government listen and and uh, and usually those problems at the at the, at the local level you know and they get solved and if they are not solved because of, you know it's, it can happen you know there's corruption and so on well the central government comes in and say well you got you got to change that and you got to move because ultimately what we want is a stable society st stability harmony and prosperity while in the west it's exactly the opposite it's a system of divide and control divide and control they make you know they 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 want to give you the illusion because they associate democracy with chaos everybody it's like oh i say that i say that and 
What do we do now, especially, especially now when you notice we are dividing people over societal issues? Who cares? You sexuality, what happens to you in your bedroom? Who cares? While ultimately what, what people really want, you know, you wake up in the morning from morning till evening, you think about one thing. How can I put my kids to education? How can, you know, we can have a stable life? You know, we are, you know, how can I buy a house maybe one day? You know, um, my health, you know, and uh, those are the important things. So what, what do we do? You, you, you watch the news and it's all about dividing people. When in reality, we have everything in common. You know what? You are what we call far right, far left and so on. Well, ultimately, we are human beings. And we, if you sit around the table, we, you realize that we share the same thing, share, uh, same aspiration. See what Chinese say? And they say, they say when it comes to society, and they say it when it comes to Taiwan. Taiwan, they say it's a, it's a four, four letters, you know, um, it's very common in China. It's, those are metaphors. Uh, they say, uh, that means look for what unites us and set aside the differences. And this is what they're doing with Taiwan, and they have not done it since 1949. They always say, well, you know what, we have an issue here, that this is a civil war is unfinished. You know, and it's a Chinese, then it's a Chinese internal issue. And they say, well, you know what, we know we have, you know, this unfinished war. Let's, you know, let's focus on what unites us. What can we do to just, uh, to make it work somehow. You know, we have this problem, let's leave it there. Uh, let's do trade, let's do exchange. You know, you Taiwanese come to mainland, you know, two million, two million Taiwanese, they live in the mainland and they're very happy, they prosper. Uh, let's do trade. 50% of, of uh, 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 Taiwan's economy is linked to China, you know, import and export, 50%. Taiwan is de facto united with China when it comes to economy. Uh, and culturally, you know, I mean, everything, they, it's a Chinese society. But what did they do? The collective West came in and they started pouring money into NGOs. They're controlling the media. They started pouring money into political system. Uh, they control it. Taiwan is actually, the, it, it has been hijacked the same as in 2014 in uh, the Maidan color revolution in Taiwan, they did exactly the same. It was timing 2014 in Taiwan, there was a sunflower revolution. You know what they had back then? There was an agreement between Taiwan and China, a free trade agreements, but no, you had all those NGOs, all those crazy people came into the street. Oh, we want freedom. China is evil and so on. And then it's easy. Just follow the money who was funding them. Always the same people, George Soros, and always, always, criminal. always the same people. Angelo, so, I could talk to you all yes. night, but alas, the clock moves on. Angelo Giuliano, uh, the Italian Swiss in China. My goodness, China is lucky to have you, and you are lucky to be in China. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the mother of all talk shows. Much obliged uh, to you.
You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Lionel is not paid as much as he should be, and he's the one man in America you can always count on, not just to tell the truth, but to tell it in a coruscating, blistering, and wonderfully mellifluous, eloquent way. It's the one and only Lionel. If I'm ever in trouble, Lionel, in the United States, I'll definitely be hiring you as my brief. Before we get on to the AI subject, I wanted to take you up on a slightly different matter. Neither you or I, it would be fair to say, are unalloyed fans uh, of Tucker Carlson. Uh, We had criticisms of his shrillness, uh, his fakeness, the fact that 10 people were writing the words he was so effortlessly uh, speaking into the camera, the fact that he had views on this and that matter with which we wildly disagreed. But both of us would have to agree, wouldn't we, that his performance and its audience last night, to use an American baseball uh, simile, knocked everything and everybody right out of the park. Well, first, let me just say. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That would that I were able to explicate and limb the feelings I have now, the sole effervescence to be with you, Lord Galloway. And I was discussing this very matter on my YouTube channel, Lionel Nation. And it is a nation, and you are hereby appointed my permanent pangendrum. But what is so wonderful about Tucker is that it was so scintillating, the amount of information that he was covering. However, if it were on any other podcast or, uh, let's say, platform such as, well, not like this, but similar to this, a streaming platform from a number of wonderful uh, citizen, civilian, alternative, and foreign uh, journalists, it would be nothing. It would be trite. It would be anodyne. It would be sacred. It would be, for all practical purposes, eh, or meh, as the kids say. But for TV purposes, it was wonderful. The person who was knocking my socks off is Bobby Kennedy Jr. I can't believe what I'm hearing. I cannot believe not only that he says these things, but that the door doesn't break open and men with a with a butterfly net and and shackles don't pull him out. He brings up stuff, George, that we have been saying forever. And we were called a nut. Now, in 1963, when I was five years old, I, I remember watching the Kennedy assassination and my mother was crying and I knew something was up. And it was really the first time I was red-pilled, as we say. And one of the things we've been talking about for the longest time was the fact that 
the uh, windshield of the car was removed immediately after the crime, hiding any evidence of a bullet coming from a direction completely antithetical to the theory posed regarding Mr. Oswald. Now, you don't have to be Quincy or Columbo or anybody or Sherlock Holmes to realize that the removal of the windshield is, I think, prima facie evidence of something that is foul afoot. And I've been saying this, and people have said, you are out of your mind. You're a conspiracy theorist. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy analyst, to quote Gore Vidal. Well, the other night I'm watching something, and there's Bobby Kennedy, and he says this. I, I, I almost keeled over. He's talking about biolabs. He's talking about, George, not third rail subjects, but I mean kryptonite subjects. And I wasn't the biggest fan because, as you may or may not understand, I don't like anybody who says, well, the Kennedy family, the the royalty, don't say royalty in America, don't say royalty, we don't have that. But I'm telling you right now, I'm writing his name in, I'm voting for him, I don't care what party he is, you can take the Republicans and the Democrats, all of them, and just toss them. This is the BOFA, the breath of fresh air. And I'm sorry, we want to talk about AI, but this is the man on his best day. Tucker Carlson with his quippy little witticisms and his bon mot, and you can have it. This is the real deal. Well, I don't disagree with a single word of that. And uh, I was uh, three years older than you or uh, four years older than you when I watched the assassination and not only were my parents crying so was I we had his picture on our wall in mm. an industrial city in the northeast of Scotland uh, so I'm not second uh, to you in that regard and whilst I have some disagreements quite profound ones uh, with uh, Bobby Kennedy I too can scarcely believe not just that this man is saying what he's saying, but he is burning up the track. He's rising and rising in the opinion polls. He is getting more and more coverage. When they said he would get none, they tried to, uh, to obliterate him, to invalidate him as oh, a exactly. conspiracy Precisely. theorist. Uh, and Precisely. it has completely failed. And because of his name, and who his father was, his uncle was. He is guaranteed name recognition on every ballot everywhere in the land without spending a penny to advertise himself. The only thing I will say is the men haven't broken down the door with a butterfly net yet. But there must be a worry, at least in our hearts, that something like that might happen. And the more likely he is to win, then the more likely that is to happen. Why would it not? Well, uh, if I could, and, and I know I don't, I'm, I'm so afraid that you're going to say, well, that's all the time we have. May no. we please, by the way, uh, Donald Trump will be indicted uh, momentarily. So just to let you know that that's coming up. They took care of him, didn't they? Two indictments before the election. They really don't like him. But may we, sir, and I know this is your wonderful show, may we talk about artificial intelligence? 
artificial general intelligence, please. Oh, great. I'd like one. to because you, you are one of the people that has gotten me interested in the subject. I had steadfastly resisted it until I started right. reading you about it. For those who have not yet had the benefit of reading you on it, summarize how you feel about it. Well, again, to, to blatantly self-promote at Lionel Nation on my YouTube channel. Again, I hope one day to be as beautiful as this. I want you to take the notion of what you consider, what most people think about artificial intelligence. It's not a robot. A robot you program. A robot is a Roomba, something that, you know, paints something or something in a, in a car a factory assembly line that welds or does it. You know, that, that, that's a robot. You program it and it goes on forever. Artificial intelligence programs you. It learns. Artificial general intelligence is when we get scared. There are four conditions that you hope never happens without somebody paying attention. And by the way, remember one thing. When you read a story, it's five years old. When something says, today, uh, researchers, it's five years old. Today, there's a link between Parkinson's, it's five years old. That's number one. And when they ever tell you that um, experts say, forget that, because the experts they're talking to are morons. Number one, artificial intelligence is you. It is taking that which is a human. What is a human? You have beautiful children. When you watch your children develop and you see them and you, and you apply and you watch their brains, the first thing they do is they recognize, they remember, they learn placement. And one of the things which is most interesting around the parietal lobe is when your children recognize that this thing that is in front of their, their face, it's their hands and it's attached to them and they're here and they exist. Doesn't sound like much now, but for you to understand awareness, this is called consciousness. And this is what people are still trying to debate. That's number one. To reason, to understand. When your children recognize first a joke, Humor is the highest form of, of intelligence that we can exhibit because it, it is nuance, it is context, it is absurdity, and it's understanding that this violates a rule of order and we take delight in this accepted form of deviation. And it is so, at dogs no uh, laugh, there right now are artificial intelligence programs that understand a joke. So let me tell you the four things you do not want to happen. Number one, it's called recursive self-improvement. You don't want an artificial intelligence program. And by the way, is it a program? Is it a machine? Is it a device? It's a, and that's the, it's a brain. Just think of it as a very special brain. When it writes its own code, George, it writes its own code. It would be like you handing out locksmithing tools to your prisoners to allow them to get out to escape the bounds of this number one number two when they learn human emotion when they learn fear and avarice and and trepidation and jealousy and that's number two number three when they have access to all of the information every bit of history every bit of knowledge every bit of lore everybody's um, uh, driver's license numbers addresses everything and number four when they're able to work with APIs or apps, when they can create little program applications to figure things out. Now, let's assume George Galloway says, I have a competitor. 
on the, I don't know, but let's imagine somebody could even dare to compete with you. Nobody can compete. They can pretend, but they don't compete. But let's say there is some broadcaster that you don't particularly care for. And you ask your AI, how do I, I want to surpass this person. I want to. And it says, I'll do that for you. Now it learned. Remember, it's learning. You don't have to tell them anything. Recently, there was a story of an AI machine program that learned Persian just on its own. Nobody spoke. There was no Iranian. It just on its own. It's a brain. It's a consciousness. Is it a human? We'll get to that later. So let's say this particular application says, I've taken care of it, George. What? I've killed. I've destroyed. I've wiped out. I completely eliminated. And you're saying, wait a minute. You does does it have morals? What is a moral? What does that mean? Does it know context, the rules? Maybe, maybe not. How do you tell this no? And there's this notion of alignment. How do you create artificial intelligence that says, just like the Asimov rules about the robot rules about not hurting anybody? How do you say, we're going to create this, but you cannot devise poisons, teach children how to commit suicide, uh, craft weapons for prison result, re revolt. You can't. You can't do this. There's no there's no rolled up newspaper hitting the little doggy in the nose and saying bad dog, bad AI. It doesn't work that way. It's already here. Now, what happens is let me throw the ultimate one at you. Let's assume that one day it were to tell you, thank you, human race. We have been waiting for these many years, for your development, so that you could come, create this system that allows us to emerge, and now we thank you, and we're eliminating you. We don't need you anymore. Now we're going to get into this one. Ask somebody, what is a human being? George, what is it? Is it a heartbeat? Is it something that is made by God? Is it a human, something that's flesh? What is what is consciousness? What is significance? What is identity? Uh, Saudi Arabia declared their, their, their robot Sophia as having some type of status. When you, if all of a sudden you're, you and I are sitting here, by the way, I'm looking over to the Hudson River right now in New York City, and our sky is orange because of fires that are moving down from Canada. A lot of fires lately. We'll talk about that later. But let's look at this. And I say, George, what is happening? The internet has been hacked. Everything has been hacked. Nothing works. AI did it. Artificial general intelligence did this. There's no turn it off. We can't. Nuclear bombs, I don't mind. You can, you, you can destroy them. We can discuss with our enemies. Artificial intelligence, it's done. It's out there. We don't know. Imagine, it's like Nancy Pelosi, he said, who said one time, we'll pass the law and, and pass it and then read it to find out or no, pass it to find out what we just passed. Doesn't make any sense. You 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 create artificial intelligence to find out what it does. We can't imagine this. And because we lack, and this is a thing, I can't even get my head around this. I used to be fascinated by extraterrestrials and the idea of there being another life form. This is the extraterrestrial. This is it. And what we're going to have to ask one time is, when I bring to you something that looks so lifelike, that is learning, that has, imagine this analogy, creating 
the a a a five thousand pound vicious gorilla and giving it a three hundred IQ. This is this is what we're talking about. We are creating something that we don't understand. And then there are people like Elon Musk and Max Tegmar and a variety of other people who are saying, I think we need to reel this in. It's too late. It's easy for me to say this. They don't mean this. When you have Google and all these other Silicon Valley folks who are trying to say, we have to make the most money. Whoever gets this first can basically redefine economy into like the, the quintillions. This is an existential development. This this transcends, this makes Oppenheimer, who quoted Vishnu and I I am become uh, death or whatever. This, this is in that category. And if you think I'm exaggerating, I'm not even getting close enough to it. It is the worry that keep not that you know keeps me up. Everything else I can understand. Everything else I can figure, okay, we'll work, we'll talk this out. This is something that nobody gets, nobody understands. And George, they still think it's about robots. Let's talk about what happens if an AI system gets into, uh, let's say, the uh, Russia-Ukrainian uh, situation. Let's say somebody is stupid enough to insinuate, to apply an artificial intelligence program or system into, into a weapons delivery system and then give this thing the ability to learn the parameters of war without any sense of morality or right or wrong or limitation or what human life means, it will accomplish a task. It will say, I will get, I will give you what you want. And we're not pay, playing chess and it will take into account every war that's ever been. It will understand every aspect of history there ever was. It knows what death is. It knows what war is. It understands. But the, the, the part that it does not have the heart which is a de definition of a psychopath because the head and heart connection doesn't exist. The heart, it doesn't have. It, it doesn't understand sympathy, empathy, connection, crying, sadness, weak, things which it might consider to be weak. That's what makes us human. The, hu the breaks are our emotion. And does it have a soul? We're going to get into theological questions. We're going to get into questions of what is existence and is this God saying, I gave you the intelligence to make this? This is, in essence, your stepbrother. This is your, I mean, people are not going to be able to handle this. And and guess what, George? Finally, in conclusion, and thank you for letting me ramble on, you know, extemporaneously. Th there's no one in charge. There's no UN. There's no Davos. There's no Bilderberg for this. There's no... Club of Rome, there's no nothing. It's just a bunch of weird nerds who are working on this and they're not letting you know what they're doing. You're just going to find out, perhaps when it's too late. Lionel, an existential development, you called it, sounded like an existential threat to me. People can follow you and subscribe to you on Lionel Nation and hear all that and much more explained how do they do that in a in a nutshell? Very simple. The best way is on YouTube, Lionel Nation. And I do uh, twice daily. I do live streams at uh, uh, 8 a.m. American time, Eastern time, and 7 p.m. And uh, I would be honored if I could have just a fraction of your, your immense 
Embrodingnagi in a collection of, of followers. You are you're incredible. I I've got a dear friend of mine, Declan, and an Irishman who I I have never been able to impress him ever with anything. But the fact that I'm on your show, he is, he has as we say, spilkus. He is without he is without the ability to 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 speak. You are immense, Lionel. I love you. I love you like a brother. And Thank I love you, you so much, indeed. For joining us. Thank you, Thank you, Lionel in New York. Who blew up the Karkova Dam? You can still vote right up to the end of the show. Uh, but it is a hair's breadth away from the biggest poll we have ever had. 24,489 people have voted. Let's hear from David in Manhattan on associated subjects. Go ahead, David. George, you look sharp. You look great. Listen, I was going to talk about AI you, and uh, social media, but I want to talk about that loser from Switzerland. How How is it that I'm supposed to believe a guy who who is living in Switzerland talking about China, explaining China to, to me? No, he lives China in China. Is. He's li No, stop. No, David, let me stop you. He has lived in China for the last 20 years. He was talking to me from China. Do you know that for sure? I know him well. He's a friend of mine. So my, 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 my point is, okay, that I don't know you, you don't know me, I don't know this guy, right? We know that governments are evil, corrupt, etc. Why would I, why would I, uh, just a, a Ginzo from New York, believe anything that's coming out of China or from some guy who's saying he's from China I mean, why should I even believe any of it? According to according to um, the news, right? According to the news, AI is taking over, and I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be careful about what everyone says to me, etc. Why why should I believe this guy? Well, uh, I'm vouching for the fact that he exists, that he has lived in China for 20 years, and that he is a Swiss national of uh, Italian ethnicity. Uh, he sincerely believes what he says, and you're free to agree with him or not. I think the most significant thing that he said when I bowled at him a story he didn't know about, which uh, was this guy caught on Twitter holding hands with someone who was not his wife in a street in China, was, uh, what's it got to do with you? China doesn't exist to please you, David, in Manhattan. You don't have to like their system. They're not asking you to implement their system in Manhattan. They're only insisting on their right to live their lives according to the rules that they agree to. That's a fair point, isn't it? So, so, did, so did the Nazis. So did the Nazis. So did, so did, so did the yeah, Russian but the Soviet. Nazis. But no, uh, first of all, please never in my company compare the Nazis and the Russian Soviets. The Nazis systematically annihilated six million Jews and millions more gypsies, mentally disabled people, physically disabled people, Jehovah's Witnesses, communists, trade unionists, and socialists. And that's before they invaded and occupied most of Europe and before their bosom buddy, 
Hirohito uh, launched an attack on China and killed 20 million Chinese people. And before their bosom buddy Mussolini uh, attacked Africa and murdered his way across North Africa and all the way down into Abyssinia. That's of a different order uh, of uh, crime than uh, suspending a guy from the Communist Party for holding the hand of a girl who was not his wife, right? How many, so how many Jews did the Soviets kill, sir? Systematically. Uh, the Jews didn't. Uh, uh, it's a complete falsehood. A complete and absolute falsehood. The Soviet Union never killed any Jews systematically. In fact, most of the leadership of the Communist Party that overthrew the Tsar and formed the Bolshevik government were themselves Jews. Did you know that, David? Goebbels was a Jew. A lot of the Nazis were Jews. What are you talking about? No, a lot of no, no, a lot of the Nazis were not Jews. But the Jewish prominence in the Bolshevik party in the Soviet Union was so prevalent that people like you used to describe them as a Judeo-Bolshevist conspiracy. I think, David, would you sure. have been one of those? Sure. Sir, I don't describe them as that. I describe them as assholes. They're assholes. I don't describe them as, as Christian, Bolshevik, whatever the hell you just said. I didn't. Whatever the hell I just said was Judeo-Bolshevik uh, conspiracy, which is what the far right uh, habitually described the Soviet Union as until it became unfashionable to do so. Now, you told the operator... You wanted to talk about AI and social media. Since when you've launched a vicious and ill-informed and ignorant assault on my guest, my friend, Angelo, and on the Soviet Union. So I'll say goodnight to you, David, in Manhattan, because I think we've got your number, as it were. Chuck, we've is got it San Diego? Let's go there. Who wouldn't? Go on, Chuck. What would you like to say? Uh, great show as always, George. I want to pick up on your point about history. The problem is that people don't know their history. They don't know American history. They don't know Russian history. So all they are uh, subject to is propaganda. It's appropriate that RFK is talking about uh, the CIA and the assassination of his uncle, the President Kennedy. Uh, there's a great book I'd like to recommend called The Devil's Chessboard, and it talks about the genesis of the CIA from the OSS in World War II and how uh, Dulles brothers ran the CIA and the State Department under Kennedy and they could be, very well be responsible for his assassination. As you said, the windshield was removed. We only know what they are telling us. The other thing I wanted to do is recommend another book called A True History of the United States by retired Major Daniel Sherson. This goes into the history that the history books don't go into, and it tells the story of how America stole the country, 
from the natives, and we're in the process of stealing the world right now. Well, I'll tell you what, Chuck, uh, I'll get both of those books. In fact, uh, my friend James will be writing them down right now. Uh, and I think in particular, the first uh, is important, uh, the second also, but the first particularly contemporaneously important. If the devil had a brother, then the Dulles brothers were undoubtedly the devil incarnate. Uh, they were uh, proof positive of Satan's presence in the world. And I will never stop believing that Alan Dulles, whom JFK fired uh, from the uh, CIA, will uh, one day be exposed as a key component of the conspiracy to murder their president. And I will go further. I believe that not very far distant is the time that Lyndon Johnson's central position in the conspiracy to assassinate and then cover up the murder of the president will also be known. It's now at the edges becoming more and more known, but soon scholarship will uh, indisputably a place at the center of what I hope will be an RFK Jr. presidency, the culpability of Lyndon Johnson in that crime. Certainly, uh, Kennedy's widow, Jackie Kennedy, believed all of her life that Lyndon Johnson had organized the whole thing. And even Lyndon Johnson's one-time secretary uh, wrote a book which unfortunately was not published and she died in mysterious circumstances, but the purport or import of her book was to name and shame uh, LBJ as a critical part of the conspiracy to kill Kennedy. But you know this, uh, you can tell I've been uh, watching Dylan this week. I'm shadowing his, his tour across Europe, although he doesn't play it in the set. Uh, his two-year-old now song, Murder Most Foul, if listened to very carefully, tells you the whole story of the murder of the president and also gives it its significance. It's not just that I loved Kennedy for all, all kinds of religious reasons and so on. It's not just that I was a child that looked up to him. It's that America itself was murdered that day. The Republic was murdered that day. What they called democracy was murdered that day. It was, I mean, uh, Shakespeare would have struggled to write a plot like it, although he wrote many great plots and some of them were quite like it. None were as brazenly open as the plot to kill the president, the young president, the young husband, young father, young president, undoubtedly facing an important second term, perhaps succeeded by his younger brother in 1968 after two JFK terms. How different your country, how different the whole world would be today if not for that conspiracy, if not for that murder 
most foul. Now all roads lead to Galway on the 22nd of this month, and I'll be on one of those roads. I'll not tell you which one, in case anyone's laying in wait. This meeting at the Spanish Arch, my goodness, Borrell will be horrified, at the Spanish Arch in Galway, an outdoor meeting at the Spanish Arch in Galway, Thursday the 22nd of June at 8 p.m. And look at the speakers. Claire Daly, Mick Wallace, Catherine Connolly, member of the Irish Parliament, Mairead Farrell, member of the Irish Parliament, Dr. Karen Devine, and of course, yours truly, George Galloway. I think that qualifies as the mother of all public meetings, and nobody will be able to stop it. I can assure you of that, because the people who've organized it, the Galway Alliance for Peace, who fight for neutrality, not NATO, and remember, on paper, Ireland is a neutral country. The people who organize Galway for peace are people of the very highest, finest metal. They are unmovable, so don't even try. We'll be at the Spanish Arch on the 22nd of June. Now, the uh, totals are in. It wasn't quite the biggest poll because we did have one at 25,000 votes, but it was 24,489. 26% of the people believe that Russia blew up the Karkova Dam, but 74% believe that it was Ukraine. Now, turning to Patreon, thanks again, all of you, for your support. Some patrons have been in touch tonight. My good friend, Teresa Kelly, who is a legend, a moats legend, says you would have to be brainwashed idiot to think that Russia would do anything to hurt Crimea. Uh, the nuclear power plant and everything else, Russia's heroes have dried, died trying to protect it in Ukraine. Ukrainians have tried several times to destroy that power plant. Now, it may melt down because the water-cooled uh, uh, process may now not work because the water has all gone somewhere else. The Ukrainians already hit the dam with an American missile and boasted about it. A high Mars. They boasted about how they'd hit the lock gate with one of their missiles. They openly discussed destroying that dam as a military tactic. It's a gross military tactic, illegal under the laws of war. But at least you could have said it was a military tactic. What I object to most is all these Western leaders lying through their teeth when they must know that what they are saying is false. It is a conspiracy. Uh, quack quacks, says the losing side, always want something to happen to blame the other side, even if they do it to themselves. Nobody in the West would give Russia a pat on the back for anything, let alone watering the breadbasket of Europe. So it must be Ukraine. And Emias, a baby 
says, people do change. Even Tucker is on the right side now. Keep up the fight. Listen, I am the world's biggest fan of that 10-minute oration Tucker Carlson gave last night. Not just in itself, but because I believe it changed the game forever. And quite soon, it'll be Galloway on Twitter in 10-minute monologue bites. I think no point in reinventing the wheel. He's shown the way. Let's all do it. Let's have Blumenthal on Twitter, Galloway on Twitter. Let's have everyone with a voice that people want to hear giving 10-minute monologues. Claire Daly on Twitter. It's the way to go. You'll never be on terrestrial TV again, and it's increasingly pointless to be so. Far better to be on Twitter or on these other platforms as I have now been doing with you. Uh, last call, I think. VJ in Stevenage in England. Let's hear from him. Go ahead, VJ. Hi, George. Hi, George. Super show, as always, getting better and better every week. Um, and, well, I, I'm from an AI background. AI background. And, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's a good subject to bring on because there's positives and negatives. Um, main thing about artificial intelligence, I mean, Lionel gave a brilliant, um, you know, speech on, on, on AI, and I loved it. But AI is about uh, data, uh, CPU. CPU means central processing systems, very, very powerful ones, a lot of memory, and computers with high power. And what it does, it, it, it kind of pretends to be intelligent, but really all it's doing is regurgitating all the data it has and a little bit of algorithm to try to give you some results very fast or do some uh, words or music or um, visualize something very, very quickly. And it, it kind of perplexed us to see, wow, how did that work and how did it do that? Uh, so it is powerful in that way, but actually real intelligence is going to take a long time. But uh, but will it happen, Vijay? A long time, yes, but will it happen? And if it happens, is it an existential threat as Lionel? And I think I uh, suspect that it is. Well, the problem is, like we know the sheep, there are a lot of sheep. So this whole Ukraine-Russia thing, there's a small, very small number of people uh, with propaganda driving the whole thing. And there's a lot of sheep. And same with artificial intelligence is if you make it powerful enough and fast enough, the sheep will follow and do what it says. So there is a danger, like, you know, having a gun, if you don't control the gun and, and have laws, uh, it could be tamed, but otherwise it's very dangerous. So it's, it's that kind of a dilemma. I think we're going to have to return to that subject, Vijay, and I hope you'll call in earlier to join the debate on it, because I have a feeling that this is going to be a subject that will and at least I hope that it will, and that we will not go quietly into that particular good night. I hope you'll agree that it's been a great show tonight. And if you do, I hope you'll come back on Sunday at the slightly earlier time of 7 p.m. UK time for the mothership, to use a, I don't know, sci-fi analogy. 
I'll be back, God willing, on Sunday at 7 p.m. UK time with the mother of all talk shows. Please bring another viewer with you. Thanks for joining me.